0: This is Mark Lemley from Stanford Law School, and you're listening to IP Fridays. Hello, and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in house or private practice, novice or expert, we will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks. Patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more.
1: Welcome to episode 62 of IP Fridays. Today's interview guest is Raja Salvam, and we talk with him about the situation at the um, Office of Intellectual Property of India and especially about the mass abandonment of uh, trademarks. But before we jump into the interview, I will have some news from the USPTO for you. Mark Powell of the USPTO, the Deputy Commissioner for International Patent Corporation, just wrote a guest post on the blog uh, this Monday, so August 29th of 2016, where he announced that the um, patent examiners will um, not only have access to the documents that they search themselves and the prior art submitted by the applicants, but uh, in the future um, there will also be an automatic system where the electronic uh, system of the USPTO will look for uh, citations uh, in the global dossier and um, other international databases for citations against parallel uh, pending patent applications in the same patent family and will automatically uh, put them into the file um, at the USPTO. So the examiner will be able to automatically access um, citations uh, from parallel patent applications in other countries just in case the applicant didn't report these references in IDS um, format. Now I am really curious to hear what really happened at the Indian Trademark Office and the mass abandonment of trademarks there.
2: Ralph, I'm pleased to be joined by Rajah Selvam, the managing attorney at Selvam and Selvam in India. Rajah specializes in trademark law and domain name disputes within the field of intellectual property. He started Selvam and Selvam in 2007 as a boutique IP firm, which has catered to the needs of entrepreneurs and multinational corporations alike, he has considerable experience in handling the prosecution and enforcement of intellectual property rights for his clients, both in India and abroad. In addition to his work in advising clients on their intellectual property, Raja is a visiting faculty of the Madras University where he conducts classes on IP for postgraduate journalism students prior to starting Selvam and Selvam Rajah worked for a prominent intellectual property law firm in Delhi during the course of his work he was responsible for the firm's anti-counterfeiting and piracy actions on behalf of the Motion Picture Association of America Rajah has been listed by the Indian Business Law Journal as a leading IP practitioner in the country Rajah is an active member of the International Trademark Association and a member of their academic committee. He is also an avid blogger. Welcome, Rajan, to IP Fridays.
3: Thank you, Ken. Thank you all.
2: So, Rajan, let's talk today about a few uh, topics of uh, significance in India. Um, We've been hearing a lot about the IP office in India and not all good. So to begin, we've heard about the mass abandonment. Can you tell us a bit about that and what exactly is going on there?
3: Okay, just to start with, uh, I should say uh, it is a good step forward because what has been happening so so long is that uh, there was nobody following up with the trademark office. And mm-hmm. right now, the new controller who has taken over, who is the head of the trademark office, has actually taken some uh, steps to clean the uh, trademark registry databases. So, typically, what happened, you know, regarding that uh, lack in seventy-six thousand apps which got abandoned, uh, yes, there was a technical glitch, but uh, I would still treat it as a good step forward. Because uh, you going into the background of what actually happens in India is that. When an examination report is issued, you you are expected to reply within 30 days. That's like a mandatory deadline, though extendable. Uh, But it's been the general practice of the trademark registry and also the councils that they never gave importance to it. So apparently what happened is, even for the files which no reply has been filed for several years together, the application has been showing as pending which, in fact, is stopping other applicants from using similar trademarks. So the Mm -hmm. action of the trademark office at this point of time is to make sure that if you do not reply in 30 days, then your trademark is treated as abandoned, which is a a positive step forward in a way that they're clearing it. Now, what happened in 1,676,000 was that they just did a a software program which kind of miscalculated, but the good step was that uh, the high Court granted a stay on the order And also the trademark office said that whoever is interested can come back and say, hey, uh, you know, there was a mistake, and then here is the proof that we filed the reply, and we will reinstate the application. And they have been reinstating the application. So if my guess is not wrong, in a lack of 76,000 application, I'm sure about half of them didn't come back because they really didn't care about the trademark application, which means the registry is, in fact, clean right now.
2: So are we dealing with a situation where there are a lot of applicants who have lost their trademarks?
3: I wouldn't say lost the trademark. It was just merely stated as abandoned. But then since the high court interfered in this, there was a pay, There was a time given. Uh, if you have a counsel or if you are an applicant who been really interested in your trademark and you've been following up, I'm sure it was not abandoned. They can just put it back.
2: So at the registry level, is it safe to say that things are all fixed now?
3: I wouldn't say they're all fixed now, but then I do see them moving towards a very positive side using technology, which we have never seen in the last, like, you know, 11 years of my practice. Uh, A simple example I could give you is like two weeks back, the trademark office started issuing electronic registration certificates. They no longer issue uh, paper certificates. And the number two, which is important is it's automated. It's not like, you know, there's some manual interference. So after the expiry of the four month period, which is the uh, period which is open for opposition, If there is no opposition, then the trademark, uh, the registration certificate is automatically generated and issued to the uh, applicant, right? Now, Mm -hmm. we received two certificates like last week and one of the certificates had errors in it. uh, Typically there were some missing information. So I wrote an email to the controller, which in general is never responded, but we just always write. And I was quite surprised. I received a reply within like, I wrote on Friday. I got a reply yesterday morning. And by evening, it was fixed, and a new certificate was issued. Oh, this that's was impressive. unheard of. yep, Yeah. So, uh, so I really think the new controller is doing great things, and you know, most probably, give him some time, and I think the whole situation will change.
2: So, if you're a business, let's say here in the United States, or somewhere in China or somewhere in Mexico, and you you have a trademark that's been pending, a trademark application that's been pending in India. What, what should you do as a process uh, to uh, safeguard your rights or to reach out and to make sure that your mark isn't abandoned?
3: Okay. Uh, the the, the uh, trademark data are available online, so you could always go online and check your database. So okay. if, if, you know, if you have a council in India, hopefully take care of that. But however, if you still would like to check status, you could just go online and check the status. The data is openly, freely available. Uh, you could just use your application number or you could just use your, you know, the, the keywords, just like the USPTO search. And then sure. you would be able to see your application status. And in case if you see it's abandoned, you could just reach out to the council to, you know, to check why it's been abandoned. And there's always an order which is uploaded, uh, which is a document which explains why it's been abandoned. So it's more or less pretty straightforward.
2: Excellent. Let's just talk about a little about reforms. We, you mentioned about uh, replacing paper certificates with electronic. Any other things on reforms to talk about in India?
3: See, uh, primarily, you know, India is going about the campaign of digital India, startup India. That's like under the leadership of uh, our prime minister. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things which is common to the trademark office and the patent office is that we have started creating a new category of applicants, which is the startup culture applicants who cannot afford to uh, file for IP. So what the government has done is government has appointed startup facilitators, like our practitioners, who can offer our services without any charges uh, to the startup. And we could build the government, which will repay us later for our services. So that's one of the most important initiatives which I would consider because one of the reasons we faced with Indian businesses is that they never understood the importance of IP, primarily because they thought it was an upfront cost and legal was always on their last to-do list. So Mm -hmm. right now, with the government stepping in and saying that, hey, don't worry about the money, we would take care of that, uh, it looks like most startups are keen on protecting their IP. That's one. Uh, The second thing which I think is a positive step is using technology to a great extent, like issuing of the registration certificates, Cleaning of the database, you know, with uh, abandoned marks and marks which are not pretty and things like that. And also hiring a lot of new examiners. Because the backlog in India has been phenomenal. As, you know, everybody has been complaining that it takes about four to five years. When I started practicing years back, it used to take about 10 years for a trademark to get registered. And the last one, which I think got registered in like about 14 months. And what the trademark office is trying to do right now is to reduce that further so hopefully we should be able to get a registration in about eight to nine months is what I would see in the coming months.
2: That's a big improvement indeed. Uh, you mentioned the discounts for startups. Now, does the company have to be in India or what about a company, let's say a U.S. startup?
3: Okay. Uh, as, as of now, there is a board which certifies a startup. And, uh, uh, you know, technically put it, it should be a startup in India with so much of revenue and, you know, so much of investment. Uh, not exceeding that amount so that it be treated as a startup. And the are both certified that the company is a startup, and then the uh, discounts apply.
2: Okay. So are there any w- rules, let's say, online that people could look up uh, regarding this startup program and IP protection?
3: Yes. Again, um, all the information which the controller passes is available on the uh, IP office website to give information about, you know, who to reach out to and uh, what kind of documents necessary, and we have also blog extensively in our website giving further details on who to reach out and things like
2: that. That's great. Will Will that uh, discount also apply for patents? Yes, it does. Excellent. So, if things are getting better, um, and hopefully prosecution times are, uh, timelines are progressing, uh, what do you think brought about this change? What What's driving this in India?
3: I think the first step would be, you know, India acceding to the Madrid Protocol and also it's, it's a matter of time. Everybody is just frustrated with the Indian trademark Office, the Indian Patent Office. First of all, it took time for us to understand that the foreign nationals, the people outside India are looking at India as a huge place for investment. And when uh, Prime Minister Modi came in and he said that India should be your investment uh, destination, everybody questioned like, what's the kind of IP protection are you giving? Now if somebody says like hey why don't you invest in China the first thing they say is there's actually no ip protection this is what they said ten years back so people started feeling the same as, with respect to India because protection of ip and enforcement of ip in India took several years and and cases in you know courts have been pending for several years with no um, you know decisions being passed so when when the new prime minister came in and the first thing he wanted you know to ask people to come and invest in India the first question, the first challenge he had in front of us was, what is his IPR policy changes? And I, I think that would be one of the main reasons why the government is focused on that. Number two it would be the plan of digital India. So when, when you know, the, the Bangalore, which is one of, like, you know, south of India, is treated as the Silicon Valley of, of, of India, where most of the software engineers are there and then not using technology for our own products did not make any sense. So, I saw like a lot of technology um, used by the trademark and the patent office. In fact, right now, the patent office does not accept any papers at all. They just don't take any payments by paper or by check or by demand draft. Everything is online. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's one thing which they have really moved. And it also brought in a lot of accountability because once it's online, there's nothing called like you know a, a deadline which was not fixed. Accountability was fixed. So, employees were said that, you know, the system tracks everything they do. So they cannot just say that, hey, I never received the paper.
2: Yes, it really makes it easy to track everything.
3: So so that, I think this would be the second thing. And the most important thing with respect to the trademark would be India acceding to the Madrid Protocol, because it will put a lot of pressure on us uh, within 18 months examining an application. Uh, We have never examined an application in months. It always takes like four or five years. And once we acceded to the Madrid Protocol, they started examining these applications. And it also put a lot of, see, one thing I'm really, um, you know, unhappy with was that alien applications which was filed earlier than the Madrid applications are still pending. They've never examined it, but they're focusing more on the Madrid applications. But I think it's only a matter of time because recently the trademark office has hired a lot of examiners to examine these pending applications and it should be cleared and we should be up to date in a couple of months.
2: Excellent. Just uh, to uh, finish off this interview, you have any uh, advice for applicants who might be considering filing trademarks uh, or patents in India?
3: So in general, you know, they just need to make sure that when they file applicants, uh, especially trademarks, to claim use because uh, the, uh, the understanding of use is different in different countries. Uh, specifically mm-hmm. in India, uh, the Supreme Court has always expanded the term of say The usage of the trademark and in internet amounts to usage in India because Indian citizens access the web. Well. And uh, unlike the US, which is very strict on its condition, we've been very broad on, on our use requirements. So that is one piece of advice I would give for applicants looking at India for their trademark application. As far as patent is concerned, uh, it's also very important to uh, note that Deadlines with the patent office are very strictly enforced, so non-filing of certain requirements, example Section 8, which says that you need to file um, any changes which happened outside the country regarding a patent application to be filed in India within six months. Um, many people have criticized this rule, but at the end of the day, it's the law of the land. So, if you do not file, then it becomes the ground for revocation of your patent, even though it's granted. So, these are... Small things which uh, applicants should be careful when they're looking at India for protecting their
2: IP. Excellent. Rajah, if people want to contact you, what's the best way to reach you?
3: Uh, by my email, which is rselvon at sellum
2: Excellent. We'll put that in the show notes. Rajah, thanks so much for joining us today on IP Fridays. Thank you very much, Kenneth, for having me. Thank you
3: all.
0: That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com slash feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com slash iTunes, and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast, or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com slash voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program Are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only, and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014. All rights reserved.